You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, folks, and welcome to episode 105 of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. I'm your host, Bart Bouchot, and this is the show for June 2022. It's a solo show this month, and um, I guess a a, a slight potpourri in some ways, um, and a bit of a teaser for a future show as well. So I want to start with a recommendation for two specific episodes of a podcast I'd recommend in general, uh, which is the Street Shots Photography podcast started by friend of the show Antonio Rosario and now co-hosted with other former guest here, Ward Rosen. Um, Unfortunately, Antonio has been going through a rough time the last while, a few years really, and that rough time came to... (sighs) An important inflection point, I guess. Um, And he recorded two of the most human podcast episodes I've ever come across. And I I just really want to recommend them. And also, um, I know Antonio sometimes listens to this show. So if you are listening, Antonio, my heartfelt condolences. You're going through a tough time. But you've turn that grief into something that's of real value to everyone else. So basically, Antonio's wife suffered with and has passed away from cancer. And the first of the two episodes I'll recommend is Dispatches from Greenwood number 14, which was recorded in the time between knowing that there was the time, the end was near, basically. Knowing that it, the switch had been made from treatment to palliative care. Uh, but, you know, Elizabeth was still alive. That's a strange place to be. And uh, Antonio shares his thoughts extremely honestly. And we're all, we all have no choice but to end up in, in that place at some point in our lives. And I think there's a lot of wisdom and honesty in Antonio's recording. And I, I think... You know, I I learned to be a better human while listening to it. And the second episode is obviously the one after that Elizabeth passed away. Um, And it's actually, it's an extremely good episode. So the first one is a solo episode with just Antonio as he wanders around Greenwood Cemetery, um, which is a place he records all sorts of podcasts. It's not that he was specifically in a cemetery to record what could have been, but really wasn't a morbid episode. That's just, you know, that was just a coincidence that he was recording in a cemetery while talking about, you know, palliative care and so forth. Um, and the the second one I recommend is called Memento Mori. And that is an episode with himself and Ward having a conversation. And I just want to give a hat tip to Ward for being, you know, co-host of the decade here, because... On the one hand, you could argue that Ward said very little, but that was literally his job, and he did it superbly. The the small, gentle, thoughtful contributions were, in my opinion, perfect. 
Uh, that must have been such a difficult episode to co-host. So I just want to tip my hat as a fellow podcaster and say, job well done, sir. Anyway, the, the second episode is obviously is after. And it is an episode where I listened to it while, while out cycling and I, I wiped away tears a few times, I'll, I'll be honest. And I laughed. And I learned a lot. I now know what a green burial is, and it actually sounds really darn interesting. Um, so, you know, they're both photography features in both episodes, but it's not the main feature in either, I guess it's fair to say. Um, but it just, someone in our community who is going through something horrible, who has turned it into something that I think is of real value to each and every one of us, you know, it's all going well to learn about photography, but we also, you know, the human condition is something we can also stand to learn about because whether we like it or not, unless we're unfortunate enough to be the ones in the casket far too soon, we're all going to experience grief and loss. And so I think we all stand to learn some wisdom from what Antonio is going through at the moment. And I just really want to thank Antonio for for being courageous enough to be so open um, about what he's going through. So a hat tip to an excellent photography podcast in general, uh, an excellent you know guest here, and just two particularly noteworthy podcast episodes. So the links will be in the show notes at letshashtalk.ie, uh, but uh, the Street Shots Photography, and it is episodes uh, Dispatches from Greenwood 14 and Memento Mori. So the second thing I'd like to talk to you about, the main the main thing I planned to record this episode about was a rediscovery. So I can't be alone in having had an iPhone for a long time and just upgrading, 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 which means that my settings come with me, which is brilliant, magical, right? They just they just keep following me around. I don't have to reset everything up every time. And I upgrade my OS, even if I don't change my phone, I upgrade my OS and it's all in place and my settings move forward and my settings move forward and my settings move forward. And since the first iPhone, the camera app has matured really quite dramatically. But if you don't have to set things up from scratch, why would you ever go looking in the settings for the camera app? And also, given that Apple hides the settings in what I am sure was a sensible idea in the early days of the iPhone when there were 12 apps, but the settings for the camera app are not accessible from the camera app. You get to them by going into the uh, Preferences app for the iPhone as a whole, scrolling down through the stupidly long list of settings, or certainly in my case where I have far too many apps, finding the little group of Apple standard apps, and then finding in there the settings for the camera app. I just hadn't been there in years, like years and years, I think it's been since I was in that settings area. And do you know something? There's more in there than I remember. And I now, I mean, I've been using the standard uh, Apple camera app as my main camera for a few years now, but it's actually better now than it was a few weeks ago because I went in there and had a look. Now, a slight teaser for what will definitely be a future episode. The reason I was in there to have a look was because I wanted to enable RAW mode, because I'm going to start experimenting with shooting RAW on the iPhone and seeing how that goes for me. So once I have 
enough experiences to have something intelligent and interesting to say, I'll definitely record an episode dedicated to that experience of shooting raw on a phone. It's such a DSLR thing to do, shooting raw. Um, so that's definitely something that is going to happen. Um, but it'll be a while. But anyway, I had to go into the settings app to enable shooting in raw. And as I was in there, I started looking around and like, oh, wow, there's actually a lot more here than I realized. But then I also thought, well, maybe there's actually two th- two conversations. So the first thing is just regardless of what your camera app is, if it has settings, maybe it's worth going in and having a look because if you've been using the app for a while, it may have actually just gotten better since you last looked in there. Um, but I am, I don't own an Android phone. I have no interest in an Android phone. I have never owned an Android phone. So there's no point in me telling you whether this even is possible in the Android phone. So I'm just going to share my experiences from my phone, which is an iPhone, and just say, you know, so if you go into the settings app and you scroll down a lot and you find the camera app, there's actually a lot of interesting things in there. And so the reason I came into this app was, or into the settings page, was because I wanted to enable RAW mode because by default, the camera app is its simplest version of itself. So it's the least intimidating it can possibly be for people who just get an iPhone and start to use it. And if you want to enable the full power of the camera app, you actually need to go into the settings and start to tweak things. And you can argue it's not very discoverable and therefore the app isn't giving people its maximum potential because they don't know they can go turn it on. But on the other hand, the app isn't driving lots of people away by being scary and full of lots of buttons. So I can argue myself into thinking this is a brilliant idea or a terrible idea. But either way, the camera app you see when you get your iPhone is a simplified version of what the app can actually do. And one of the things that is hiding in there is the ability to enable advanced uh, photo and video capture formats. So I don't do videography. Uh, If I did, I would want to enable the second of the toggles that I'm going to talk about in a sec, which is Apple ProRes. This is an extremely powerful codec for video editing. So when you hear, you know, the TV episodes were shot on iPhones, well, they were shot with ProRes mode enabled. And that basically gives way more information into the video file, and it makes the video file stupendously enormous. Which is why there's a toggle for it, because you don't want to turn it on by mistake. So if you go into the camera app settings, the very, very, very first setting is called Formats. And that's actually the one I needed. And at the very bottom of that page is Apple ProRes. And there's a button to turn on a button. So you toggle Apple ProRes to on, and it doesn't immediately start capturing all of your videos in ProRes because it would just, it would consume stupendous amounts of data, right? They actually have a warning, you know, a minute of 10-bit HDR ProRes is approximately 1.7 gigabytes of hard drive space and six gigabytes if you shoot in 4K. So that is, that's a lot of data. So a minute, six gigs if you're shooting in 4K. It doesn't take many minutes to completely fill your iPhone. So that's why it's not just on. And so when you turn the button to enable it, an extra button will appear in the camera app 
to allow you to enable it for a specific video. So even if you turn ProRes support on, you still have to proactively choose to shoot a specific video in ProRes mode, which is, again, quite wise. So the button I wanted, the reason I was in the settings app, is the one above that, which is Photo Capture Apple Pro Raw. So, like in a DSLR, the sensor in the iPhone's many cameras captures more information than fits in the standard photographic formats we generally use. So, if you don't enable a RAW mode for your camera, the little brain in your phone uses all the information the sensor offers to give you the best possible version of the photograph at the moment of capture. And then it throws away all the extra information that it could have held on to because the format you're saving it in doesn't support that much data. It doesn't support that bit depth. You get all fancy pants about it. So what that means is there's information being lost. And unless you're going to edit the image afterwards, that's actually not a problem. But if you are going to spend the time editing it, why not have more data at your disposal? Again, the price you pay is file size. So this button works exactly the same as a ProRes button works. It's a button to enable the existence of a button. Now, in this case, you're not talking about four gigs per minute because you're talking still photographs. You're talking 25 megs per single image, which isn't actually bad at all, right? You know, 25 megs, that's basically, it's DSLR territory. So you're you're turning your iPhone's camera into DSLR mode on demand. So it's a button to make your iPhone behave more like a DSLR. Uh, another setting while we're here, um, I, I would strongly recommend that unless you have a really good reason to change the camera capture mode from high efficiency to most compatible, that you leave it at its default value of high efficiency. But it is possible that you run into a situation where you share stuff in such a way that you end up accidentally sharing the HEIF file instead of the JPEG version of the file. And if you change from high efficiency to most compatible, then your phone will stop capturing in HEIF mode and only capture in JPEG. And the advantage of that is that it's shareable across all platforms. And the disadvantage of that is you're throwing away data yet again. Uh, And so I would say keep HEIF on. It is actually a much better uh, image format. So unless you really, really need to keep that one on. So ultimately, what I really wanted to achieve was just that one toggle button, Apple Pro Raw, on. And I now have a button inside the camera app to enable raw shooting on demand. Great. But while I was in here, I hit the back button out of the formats submenu. And I just had a quick look around. You know, and you have other interesting toggles. You know, well, some interesting, some less interesting. Record stereo sound. Okay, that seems good. And uh, that's on by default, sensible default. Well, then there's a really important setting that a few years ago I did mess around with. And that's called preserve settings. So when your phone comes back on, does it go back to a default state? So basically, when you restart the camera app, when you, know, you, you have, you've been doing something else and you open the camera app, 
do you want it to remember what you're doing last or do you want it to restore to a default? And the you have the options to enable and disable different mode different things to be remembered. So the preserve settings is basically what should be remembered. And so for each of these things you get a toggle. So preserve the last mode rather than automatically reset the photo. So camera mode, you can either leave it as preserve it or always have it jump back to photo. Creative control prefers the last use filter, aspect ratio, lighter depth settings rather than automatically reset. Macro control preserve the auto macro setting rather than automatically using the ultra wide camera to capture macro photos and videos. Exposure adjustment preserve that rather than having it automatically. Night mode, do you want to preserve that? Portrait zoom, do you want to preserve that? Apple Pro Raw, do you want to preserve that? Live photo, do you want to preserve that setting? Rather than having, yeah, so some of these I have turned on and some of these I have turned off. Now, live photo, I would love to have it preserve. The problem is, if you turn off preserve, it says preserve the live photo setting rather than automatically resetting it to on. I would like a button that says automatically reset it to off, please. But no such button, so I have it set to on. And since I keep it off, it tends to stay off. Um, And that's sort of how most these things so i would actually say if you get cranky because your settings are being too much or too little remembered you actually have controls here to turn on and turn off for you know selectively choose to enable the camera app's memory for different aspects of the setting so everyone will have different preferences here and so i think it's if you do nothing else definitely go in and have a look at the preserved settings and just make sure that that is how you would like but again while i was here to have a, a, a bit of a further look. Um, and there's another very interesting thing. Now, I'm chosen against turning this on, but I can see how if you're, if you like sports and things that move quickly, you probably actually do want to turn on this next one I'm going to talk about. So by default, you can use either the volume up or the volume down button as a shutter on the iPhone, which is extremely handy, right? Because you hold the phone sort of in in, in landscape mode and depending on which way around you turn it, you can have it that your fingers are very naturally resting at those volume buttons and you could just use them like a a shutter button on a normal camera. Really cool. Well, there's a toggle here that allows you to make the two buttons behave slightly differently. The volume down button remains what it is now, which is the take one photo button. So, you know, by default, both buttons are take a photo. But there's a toggle here that says use volume up for bursts. In other words, if you want to have burst mode at your disposal, then you can have that the volume up button fires a burst and the volume down button fires a single shot. So that for for people who do fast moving things, that could be extremely useful. Um, and then you have things where you can turn off the iPhone's default sort of smarts, right? If you take the iPhone camera and point it at a QR code, it will detect that it's pointed at a QR code and let you action it. And that may just annoy you that it tries to do that and it pops these things up into your screen. And the other thing it does by default is it shows you that it's recognized text and lets you, you know, interact with that text. But maybe that just annoys you to have it pop up. Well, you have a toggle here to turn both of those off. And then the other composition then is another great one. So this is where I change settings again. So when you're cropping a photo or rotating a photo, you get the standards rule of thirds grid. And it's actually you, you very useful, particularly when you're leveling a photo, to have those perfectly horizontal and perfectly vertical lines to help you. But actually, wouldn't it be nice if you could just shoot the bloody photograph straight in the first place? Well, there's a toggle button here that says grid, on or off. Turn it on, you get the grid all the time. 
that is, I turned it on, that is amazingly useful. And then you also have, whether you want to mirror the front camera, which I guess if you're shooting text and stuff, you may want to do. Uh, and the other one is view outside the frame. So this is a feature where when you're not using the wide angle lens, you can actually see what's outside of your photograph that you're actually shooting, which can be useful. So I think that's on by default. Uh, I certainly have it on anyway. And then you have other u- potentially useful things that you may or may not want to toggle on, like prioritize faster shooting. So intelligently adapt image quality when rapidly pressing the shutter. If you're hammering away in the shutter, do you want the phone to keep taking pictures even though they'll be of lower quality? Or do you want it to stop accepting your input and take really high quality photographs all the time? Particularly if you have an older phone, this is probably more of an issue, but it's on by default and I've decided to leave it there. Another one that's on by default that's really good is correct distortion on the front and ultra-wide cameras. Those wide-angle lenses bend and bow and do all sorts of strange things to straight lines. So by turning on that lens correction, it actually will straighten that out for you, just out of the box, which is very handy. And then the last one is potentially a very useful one. It's macro control. Now, this is a setting that almost does what I want. So macro control doesn't let you turn on macro mode, which is what I actually want. But what it does do is it allows you, when the camera detects that you're very close to something and it would normally just default you into macro mode, whether you liked it or not, you get a button to say no. So when the camera would normally or does jump into macro mode, you can hit a button that appears on screen to pull you out of macro mode. So I've enabled it because it's better than nothing. It means that the camera isn't forced into macro mode just because something happens to be close to the lens. Because you may, there may be reasons you don't want it to do that. But you now at least have some amount of macro mode. I still want the button that says go into macro mode and stay here. So I'm jumping in and out. But anyway, better than nothing. So those buttons are all there, which is, you know, I the grid actually, I really like that I found that to turn it on. And um, so I now have a button for raw, which means my raw experimentation can begin. And I think a lot of people would find the volume up for burst very useful. I just don't. And that was sort of the, the main thing I wanted to talk about this was then I realized something that the camera app itself can do more out of the box without ever going into that settings app than I think some people realize. And it's because of I think one of the worst user interface UI decisions Apple have ever made. So in when you study user interfaces at university, one of the things, you taught a whole bunch of principles, and one of the principles is the principle of locality. A button and the thing it does should be close to each other when that makes sense. It shouldn't be spooky action at a distance because the simple fact is if you're looking at a button at the top of the screen and you push it, you expect to see something happening at the top of the screen. What you don't expect is for something at the bottom of the screen to change. You may well not notice that that's happened. And so you may just think that the button does nothing because you haven't noticed what it's done. Well, the camera app has a little drawer of advanced features, which you show and hide with a chevron button. And that's a quite a common user experience, right? Chevron buttons are quite normal. We have them all sorts of places, little triangles to hide and show more information. But in their infinite wisdom, they would have failed. By the way, I actually, uh, I, I took a course in HCI, Human Computer Interaction at university. And if I had submitted the design Apple chose to use in an assignment, I would have gotten a failing grade. 
this. I mean, anyway. There is a secret drawer you can show in the camera app on iOS, which gives you more control over things. And the little magic drawer appears at the bottom of the screen. So if you're holding your phone in portrait mode, then at the very bottom of the screen, you have a button to take you to show me my pictures, basically the camera roll button. You have your giant big shutter button, and then you have a button to flip between the front and the rear cameras. Then above that, you have a little slider you can move over and back to jump between the different modes, photo, portrait, pano, whatever. And then normally speaking, above that, you have the view that you're trying to take a photograph of. And, you know, hovering over that, you have the different zoom modes, depending on how many cameras you have on your particular iPhone. Then at the top of the screen, you have some toggle buttons. And depending on how you've set up the settings we just talked about, you're going to have more or less of these. So. I have a toggle button for the flash where I can disable flash. I have a toggle button where I can disable and enable live mo- or live photographs. Disable, please. And now, because I enabled the button to enable raw mode, I have a button to toggle on and off raw. And in the middle of that top row is a little up arrow. Quite small, quite subtle. And when you tap it, it becomes a down arrow. And it changes colour to yellow. You tap it again, it becomes white again, it becomes an up arrow again. Unless you're paying close attention, you won't have noticed that at the bottom of the screen, just above the shutter, a whole new row of icons has just appeared. And each of these icons expands another little menu. So the first icon is the flash icon. So if you click on the flash icon, it expands out and you now have flash auto, which is its default mode, flash on or flash off. So I use that a lot when I'm taking photographs for my recipe app. Because I just wanted to fire a flash. No matter what it thinks it should do, I wanted to take a picture of the food with a flash so that the lighting is even and there's no silly shadows and stuff. So I regularly hit the hit the chevron and then uh, hit the flash icon and then turn it to on. And it'll stick the flash on. You also have uh, the, a live mode toggle where you can have auto on or live off. Oh, mine set to live off. Uh, you can enable uh, basically custom camera modes and stuff. I, I don't use those. Um, another really useful one is you can change the aspect ratio from square to 4 by 3 to 16 to 9. I find that very useful because if you're shooting for certain social media, you actually want square photographs. Why not just see them square while you're shooting? So I use that a lot. Um, plus minus button allows you to set exposure compensation. Very useful. Uh, you have a button to set a timer. So if you want to have the thing on a tripod, so you can um, easily jump around. Uh, it, it's you just basically you can set it on a tripod, set it to a 10 second timer, run into the frame and get a nice portrait of yourself and someone's quite useful that. Uh, you can have a button for enabling the different um, sort of profiles. And then if you have it, if you have it on, a button to control raw. Just, just raw on or raw off. If you are in night mode, you'll also get a button in that row of buttons to control night mode. So do you want longer or shorter exposures? That is really useful, particularly if you have your phone on a tripod at night, because that really lets you get the most out of night mode. So that little chevron that hides the wrong row of buttons, is, or that hides the row of buttons, is actually very useful. But it's... I think a lot of people forget about it. So the little bonus extra there. So remember to go into the settings app and to configure your camera so it's just the way you like. And then remember the little chevron because that gives you more power as and when you're shooting. Right, well, I'm going to draw a line under it here 
Um, there are links to the two episodes of the Street Shots Photography podcast that I recommended over at let's-talk.ie. There are also big blue buttons under the banner support the show. I want to say a big thank you to everyone who does support the show. This show is 100% listener supported. There are no advertisers. There are no sponsors, which gives me the luxury of not having to pander to any corporation, pretend I like any products, you know, effectively endorse by proxy whatever the advertising agency wants to put on my show. None of that stuff, which I all... I all find objectionable. None of that has to pollute my shows for one reason and one reason only, because you guys in the community support what I do. And I greatly, greatly appreciate you for giving me the luxury of being able to podcast without all that baggage. Anyway, let's just talk. I.ie support the show. Thank you very much for everyone who supports the show on Patreon. Thank you to everyone who's ever made a PayPal donation. Thank you to everyone who's the affiliate links. And thank you to everyone who has ever spread the word about the show. Tell a friend that is supporting the show. Review in iTunes that is supporting the show. Tweet, Facebook post, whatever. That is all supporting the show and that is all appreciated. So thank you to everyone. Anyway, I've been your host, Bart Bouchot. You can find me at bartb.ie. And until next time, happy snapping. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hey, David, this week on TechFan, let's talk about Apple. Uh, don't like it. Yeah, okay. Uh, Windows? We can talk about Windows. Boring! Um... Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of cool things in 3D printing going on. We could we could talk really? about cool. No. I don't think so. Uh, uh, what about like the uh, Raspberry Pi? We've we've discussed that in the past. It's tech fan. No, uh, you're you're just being difficult now. What do you want to talk about this week on Tech Fan? How about we talk about Apple and then a little bit about Microsoft and then the Raspberry Pi? You suck. <laughs>